Recorded live at the Hawk's Nest on the summit in Pataskala, Ohio, Vinyl Analysis presents dun, 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 Garage Days, underproduced and over the top. I'm your host, Arch Madness. Now, this is episode four of Garage Days, and I know I'm going at a snail's pace here, releasing these, but I think, I truly think I've settled in on what's going to work best for me. I mean, I've said this before, I'm in my garage. Uh, there, were, there were no practice runs, so now I've kind of settled in on the way I'm going to churn these out, and I'll be getting these out a little more frequently, and, and who knows when I'll be able to have people over to the QFM studios to record vinyl analysis, and, and long story short, I know it's too late, but I, I'm just saying I think I can bust these out a little quicker now. Okay, so this episode is jam-packed. It has Two parts, legendary bass player Rudy Sarzo. It's going to be the first half of the show, and I'm not really, I'm not really sure anyone in hard rock or metal has the resume Rudy does. And this is the first time that I've ever had the chance to interview him. I met him real quick at a Quiet Riot show, and that was, it was at one of those old wing zings back in the day. But uh, this, this was a first, and just an honor to talk to him. The second part has Mike Dorsey from QFM 96 stopping by the Hawk's Nest here to visit me in Oreo. And she's going nuts back there. She sounds like the, you probably hear her here in a little bit, she sounds like the MGM lion. I don't know if she's got a mouse or what the deal is. But Doris is going to join me. Uh, the Gimme 5 listener poll, your top 5 2021 rock wish list. And Dorsey and I, we're going to share ours, and we'll read yours as well. And Dorsey is one of those dudes that when I'm around him, we, we just go off on these deep rock discussions, and I, and I get all fired up, and you'll, you'll hear. And if you're listening to this podcast, you're the same way, and I'm sure you have uh, buds that when you get together, uh, you get fired up talking about rock as well. And if you bring up new rock with me and Dorsey, South of Eden is just, it's better than the band that you're, you're bringing to the conversation. So there, <laughs> that's just, that's just that we're not backing down from that. So uh, anyway, even talking about it, see, it gets me all fired up. Uh, all right. Episode four, Rudy Sarzo, then QFM's Mike Dorsey and your top five 2021 rock wish list. Enjoy. Calling the garage on the Hawk's Nest hotline, he is hard rock and heavy metal royalty, bassist Rudy Sarzo. Hey, Rudy. Hey, Archie. How you doing? I'm I'm good. Better now. Better now. And, and before I before I fanboy out and, and we talk Quiet Riot and Ozzy and Whitesnake, let let's get caught up with what you currently have your hands in. I mean, 2020 is it's been the worst, Rudy. But how have you been staying busy? Uh. Yeah, I mean, of course, you know, uh, you know, thousands of people have passed away from the from the virus, but uh, uh, and you know, it, it doesn't get any worse than that. Right. But personally, as I I'm healthy, I am blessed. So is my family. Uh, I, be, I I've been really busy, you know, working on projects and. Uh, and mainly it has to do with the fact that I, I'm in a band called The Guess Who, and we tour mostly on the weekends. So I have already a network of, of things that I do while I'm at home, which is during the week, because we just fly. You know, we fly, right. uh, we fly for the weekend, and then we, I'm back on Sunday, uh, sometimes Monday. And uh, so, I, so that's still flowing, you know, the, my, my uh, projects at home. 
So I'm really busy. Plus, I, I, plus I have my own radio show. It's uh, on Monsters of Rock Radio. It's called Six Degrees of Stars. Also, that's still going on. As a matter of fact, I'm even busier with the show because now we we can do it remotely. Whereas before, I had to depend on my guests being in Los Angeles to come down to the studio to do the show. So now I can do it anytime, anywhere. <laughs> All over the world. <laughs> you know, and, and Rudy, I, I've heard that, and uh, that Monsters of Rock Radio, is it, doesn't Chips Enough have something? What's up with you and you bass players? Yeah. You, you guys are like, yeah. you're, you're getting on our turf, Rudy. You're getting on us radio guys, our, our turf, you bass players. <laughs> well, listen, listen, I, uh, I, I make, uh, my major in college was mass communication, which, which was radio, television, and motion picture. Nice. Producing and directing. So... You know, I always had an inclination towards radio, and uh, so I've always loved loved that. So, but but you know, we created a show which is half half uh, conversation, and then the other half is music related to the guest uh, bands and you know subject the bands that we talk about during our conversation. So it's a it's a neat little format that we have, and it's uh, I'm having a blast doing it. Where did you go to? I'm a radio and TV major, you know, 30 years ago. Where did you go to school? Yeah, uh, late, uh, actually early 70s in Miami Day College. And what was great about it was that since it was in Miami, uh, our faculty was, was completed by executives who have moved from up north, you know, like uh, New York and Chicago, major markets. Yeah. And uh, they had retired and moved to South Florida. So they, they were given these opportunities, you know, to teach at the college. Cool. You know, after they, they retire and, you know, and they moved down to, uh, to South Florida. So all my teachers were like aces. I mean, these guys were phenomenal. Good. You know, and uh, it was great. I, I loved it. Well, let's, let's go back. Let's go back to the late 70s. When did you arrive in L.A., Rudy? Well, I, I made like a couple of trips before I settled in LA because I was, you know, I kept running out of money. <laughs> gotcha. So, so I had to go somewhere else, you know, get some, you know, work a bit, you know, play and stuff because there's really not much of a, a local music scene in LA even at the time because I was living in Hollywood and if you wanted to play top forty in, uh, in in California, you really had to go out of the way, <laughs> you know, right. outside of, outside of Hollywood. I was not part of that circuit, and I really didn't have the transportation to be driving around around town, you know, to do gigs, you know, like really far away, you know. And so I, I, you know, I had a network of bands that I could actually go and join and, and work with them, and then make some money and come back to LA. So, so that's what I did. So my first trip was like in '76, uh, and then I kept coming back '77. Then I, I went back, you know, then I returned in '78. So February in '78, which is when I when I joined uh, Quiet Riot with Randy Rhodes. Okay, well, so but you met Kevin. Was that after a Quiet Riot show? Right? Is that when that that started? Or yeah, I met him in '77. Okay, and then and then I returned in '78. So is is that story true? Where you, you you tried to get into a Van Halen show? You did, you know, it was it was packed. You went to a Quiet Riot show. Well, here's my question. The rivalry is was that more of a fan thing or a band thing when it came to Quiet Riot and Van Halen? 
No, I mean, they, they were so, so way ahead of Quiet Riot. I mean, they already been signed. By, by the time I joined the band, you know, in 78, you know, Van Halen was on its way. Right, right. <laughs> so, I mean, they were not a local band anymore, so there was not much of a rivalry there, you know. So, I mean, but at that point, when you're seeing Randy, did, did you, you knew he was different, though, right? I knew, I knew he was incredibly talented. Actually, I got to hear more of Randy's depth as a musician uh, when I started teaching at his mom's school, Musonia. And I actually got to really hear him practice the classical guitar. Is that what set up? As far as uh, when, when Randy leaves for Ozzy, uh, you were also teaching there with Randy. Is that – and, you know, Quiet Riot obviously split up at that time. Is that when – through Randy's recommendation, right? I mean, how did that all go down, that that whole little transition there, Rudy? Yeah, well, I joined the band in 78. Then by 79, I was teaching at Musonia. By 70, late 79, Randy left, Quiet Riot, and the band disbanded, and he joined Ozzy, and then he recorded the, uh, Blizzard of Oz and Diary of the Madman, and then they returned to L.A. and to put a new band together, and uh, they, they, uh, they got Tommy Aldrich, and they were looking for a bass player, and Randy recommended me. In between there, though, uh, Frankie Benali, in between, like... You know, joining Ozzy and then the the uh, that first little breakup of, of Quiet Riot. You did something with Frankie though, right? Yeah, we were in a band called Private Army with Bob James from Montrose and Bicamita, who uh, who was from a, a big local Chicago band called The Thumbs, and uh, and then he later left Private Army to join uh, Cheap Trick as the second bassist. He replaced Tom Peterson there for a little bit. Oh, right, then, right, right. And then when, when, when Picamita left the band, John John Brandt, who was the actual bass player for the thumb, joined Cheap Trick. And then, and then after that, uh, Tom Peterson returned. As far as, you know, what 2020 has given us and as far as Sour Grapes and the loss of Frankie, the outpouring from the fans, the outpouring from other musicians – he was such a big part of the scene, Rudy. If you could just say something on that and Frankie, and obviously I know what he meant to you, but I mean, just the that scene in general. He's uh, a member, you know, a, a founding member of the Metal Health version of Quiet Riot. And just, just like I, I, I am, and so it's Kevin DeBrew and Carlos Cabazzo. And... Uh, what can I say? But see, but there's more to Frankie than just playing with Quiet Riot because he also played and recorded with Wasp. Some of my favorite you know, Wasp children. And, yeah, some of my favorite and, Wasp stuff. You know, it, it's it's funny because you know they, they, there was a certain style to Quiet Riot that made it Quiet Riot, and then there was a certain style to Frankie's playing that was beyond what what Quiet Riot was all about. I mean, we were all like that. We all had different influences. And then we kind of like, we knew what Quiet Riot needed to be. And we kind of like never went into those, into those uh, playing musical styles in Quiet Riot. You know, we kind of have like a certain parameter that we knew this is what the band at the moment 
needed to be, you know, album per album or, you know. Right. And then, but, but Frankie, he actually got to, you know, to actually showcase those other musical talents with bands, you know, like Wasp and then playing, uh, he also played on the Hughes uh, Thrall album. He did a phenomenal job on that. He also played on some of the Billy Idol tracks. So, you know, he's an incredibly well-rounded musician. Uh, I was in junior high when Metal Health came out and it, it took over, Rudy, it, it took over our lives. My friends and I, we were obsessed with it and it was a movement. And in fact, I can remember singing Come On, Feel the Noise in the lunchroom, the entire cafeteria singing that song. And did you know you had something special? Uh, no, I mean, I gotta tell you, no. No, okay. I mean, we, okay. what, what we knew was that we had an honest record. It was honest. It was a, a really clear representation of what the band was all about. And that's, that's, that's what you can really ask for. You know, I mean, you, you make a record, you want to tell people, hey, listen, this is who we are, and this is our music. And it's up to the fans to connect with it or not. But it was, there, was, there was no major strategy or, or any, you know, lofty goals for the band to fulfill. It was just, uh, you know, if we, if we were very blessed to have done a lot of openings or anybody from the Scorpions to DZ Top to Loverboard to Iron Maiden, Black Sabbath, and Judas Priest, and so on, before we started headlining. And even, let's say, we did an opening spot or, you know, touring with, uh, let's say, Iron Maiden. No, actually, before that, DZ Top, because that was kind of like the earlier part of uh, 1983. You know, and on DZ Top's days off, we would go and play clubs was for a smaller crowd. It didn't matter. We put on the same exact show, you know, whether we were playing in front of 10,000 people or in front of like, you know, 500 people in a club. But like success on, on, on a level like that, Rudy, it, it just, that, that was a movement. It really was. And it, it changed the entire scene of music. It changed the way MTV accepted the bands that my friends and I were into at that time. It was just... That was such a that was such a, a a big moment in time as far as rock and, and rock in the eighties, Rudy. Yeah, yeah, we really uh, you know I personally give uh, MTV so much credit for giving us that incredible exposure. Your time in Whitesnake, and it, that was eighty seven, and I want to say to, to like ninety three, ninety four, you know. Ninety four, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and between that, David did a record with uh, uh, Page, Jimmy Page, called Coverdale Page. Love it. And then we got back together in ninety four, and that was my last tour with Whitesnake. But that lineup, and and you know, we were actually jamming the other day on that that ninety Donington show, and, and I think. Uh, you and and Tommy and Vi and Vandenberg and Coverdale. I mean, that's that's unfair, Rudy. It's unfair. Nobody in their right mind would want to go on after that. That was just that was an absolute monster on stage. Well, it was fun. It was. I mean, musically, it was so much fun because you knew that you were. You know, I knew. I mean, when, when you asked me about Quiet Riot, if I knew that was a monster, I said no. I mean, you know, that record, Metal Health. No, of course not, because you know, people people had to buy it. <laughs> right, right. We, we, we knew, we knew, like I mentioned, we knew it was an honest record, but that yeah, we didn't have any idea how much of a success it was going to be. But, but as far as like that configuration of, uh, you know, Steve and, and Adrian and Tommy and David and myself, yeah, I mean, I, 
it was to me it was the Super Bowl every night. Right? <laughs> I bet yeah. it. I yeah. bet it. I bet it was, man. I bet it was. Yeah. And, Rudy, you've you've been so gracious with your time. And before we cut you loose, man, I I follow you on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Where else can we get our, our Rudy Sarzo fix? Obviously, you're a radio guy now as well, uh, Monsters Rock Radio, right? Yeah, but it's a rock. Yeah, my show is on Fridays at two, uh, Saturdays at ten a.m. and Sundays at four p.m. and Tuesdays at eight p.m. And that's all Pacific Standard Time. You got it, man. Well, it so, was. Yeah, that's, that's my schedule. Yeah, you mentioned it. Uh, I'm on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And and even though I do not have the blue mark, you know, blue check mark, it's really me. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, it was an honor, Rudy. And I feel so blessed to have had this time with you. I mean, thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Bye bye. And joining me here in the Hawks Nest is the one and only QFM 96's Mike Dorsey. Doris, what's up? Arch, what's going on, man? So glad to be back in the garage. Welcome back to the Hawks Nest. First off, before we even get rolling here, man, I get in my uh, mailbox today and you're like, hey, Arch, I, uh, there's a little something on your that's going to be coming your way. And uh, you, first off, you, should, you shouldn't have done this, but uh, you got me a, a UFO patch. Well, we've been on the hunt for it for quite a while, ever since we, uh, gosh, even before we saw UFO I know, down man. in Cincy. I know, Because I remember you were like, man, I wonder if they'll have patches there at the merch table, I which was, they didn't. I was crushed. But, uh, you know, but you can't find them anywhere except for online. And even online, there's not a ton it's of tough. them. It's tough to find. Yeah. So, appreciate that. Wanted to get uh, that out of the way. The thank you for my uh, my UFO patch. Uh, so, here's what we're going to be talking, Doris. And, and the thing is, uh, just like a, a night of the rock table, when you and I get together, it's we could kind of go off in a million different ways here sure the uh, give me five listener poll that i have for this episode is i just figured since it'll be the first show of the new year give us your your top five 2021 rock wish list now this can be you know it could be a show you want to see and look i get it we have no idea what the landscape's going to look like here for the next few months. I mean, hell, dude, they're already postponing stuff in May. So you know what, though, I'm 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 no like a hundred percent like authority on anything, mm-hmm. and of course we've heard it all before, and and then things get pushed back, things get canceled and rescheduled. Right. I'm hearing summertime is like green light. Okay. So you know you may may not get anything here in the spring, or you maybe get a few things in the spring to test the waters. But I'm hearing summertime, man. All right, man. It's going to be wide open. Well, then, so so that's that's the thing. Let's just 2020 sucks so bad. Let's just let's have some fun. Let's talk about shows we want to see. Also on your wish list. I mean, it can be anything. It doesn't just have to be shows. It can be like a record you're waiting for to come out. Album. So whatever you're feeling, folks. And that's the way I kind of opened it up. Just let everybody you know do what they want to do as far as their 2021 uh, rock wish list. So, uh, Doris, before we do ours, I, I want to kind of double check. Is South of Eden on yours? Yes. Okay, fair enough. Yes. All right, so here's the deal. And I, I I don't think we would match up on too much because we were kind of discussing what we were thinking about putting on, yeah, yeah, on our yeah. list. So let's let's say this. Give me four. I'll do four. And then we'll talk about South of Eden together. All right, sounds good. <laughs> right? That's the way we should do it. So, so um, uh, my number one, and, and you know, they're in no certain order. I'm just okay. listing them off here. But you could say this is my number one. Uh, I have tickets still in, you know, still in limbo. I guess still have the tickets. They haven't been canceled or anything to see Pearl Jam in Nashville. And I was going to go take my dad down. Oh. It'd be my ninth time seeing the band. Oh, with the old um, man, too. Yeah, and, and we were going to go down, and then COVID happened and everything got canceled. And you remember you and I do a bowling league together, 
And we were at the bowling league when the news came down. Right. And I was kind of bummed out that night because, man, I was really looking forward to that. Uh, my dad's been wanting to see him for quite a long time. And, of course, like I said, I've seen him eight times already. They're my favorite band. And, you uh, like Pearl Jam? I did yeah. not. I did not know that. <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I was really looking forward to being able to get down there. And, and I hope they get everything gets rescheduled. Hope everything opens back up and I can take my dad down. We were going to road trip it down to Nashville for the weekend and see Pearl Jam and probably check out some other stuff too. It's so. been a year now. You could probably get one of the boys there. You could do like three generations of, of Dorsey. Well, no, Anderson's <laughs> just turning four this week, so I don't know. You don't think? You don't think so? He loves the Vitology album. <laughs> yeah. right, uh, but no, seriously. So what? He's what, more of a rat guy, actually. He's, more, uh, he's a big rat fan. Right on. So <laughs> what else you got, Doris? Okay, um, you know, this may surprise you, but it is – True, as huge of a classic rock guy and music fan that I am, I have never seen ACDC with Brian Johnson. Right. I mean, you and I checked out the Axl Rose experiment, oh, you know, a couple years ago, and that right. was great. Right on. But, you know, this new record that they put out, I absolutely love, and I really, really hope that 2021 lets them tour and they come around here so I can finally mark that off my list. This is probably my last chance to do it. This too. is it, dude. This I think is this it. is it for sure. Yeah, this is their last power. So I know there's a lot of other people, uh, you know, kind of perusing the list here. Doug Blessing has ACDC on his list. Uh, I'm trying to look and see who else is on here. Yeah, I threw it up on my Facebook page and uh, just kind of let you guys kind of sound off. Normally I just read through the list, but now I'm thinking let's just let's pull just a few off of them. Uh, but, yeah, I, I did see where Blessing uh, did yeah, have. Yeah, Joe Coasters has it on there too, ACDC Live, and then Tim Connell. Uh, it says, I'm hopeful for an yeah. ACDC tour. I mean, that's a big thing. And, you know, I've said this before, and this is just dreaming, but my God, wouldn't it be great for them to go out with a bang at the shoe? Oh, yeah. To see ACDC. ACDC at, at the shoe. Yeah. Just do one big show in Ohio, fill that thing up. It'd Man. be amazing. It, it, I do have ACDC as a part of mine as well. And that oh, was kind of my little tease. No, I should have. No, I'll go ahead, Doris. Well, no, you, you, like you said, you want to go a little deeper. Go ahead. Let's talk about that right. now. So, look, there's a lot of bands that I want, I want to see this year. So I'm going to take a different angle and go with a song that I want to hear live in 2021. So it, we talked about Power Up, great record. But there's one song that I have been obsessed with. And probably, I've listened to it, Dorsey. I'm not kidding you. I've listened to this song at least once a day. Uh, every day since that album came out, Through the Mists of Time. I would say, look, let me put my love into you. That's my favorite Brian Johnson era ACDC song. But I mean, this one this one is, is second and it's gaining some ground. It makes you think of Malcolm. You know, I, an article I read with uh, Brian Johnson, he was even saying that the one song that tugs on his heartstrings the most, the one song that brings forth the spirit of Malcolm is Through the Mists of Time. I just love that song so much. I, I gotta believe, and the good thing about ACDC... You can say what you want about some bands when they when they play their new album. ACDC, when they have an album and they're supporting it, those some bitches they play the album. Play the I mean, whole they, album. Oh my god, they play so much of the album. So I, I think I really have a good chance with this. And there's also, and I need to share this on social media. And I showed you that this fan made this 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 tribute video. It's in, and you can look it up. I'll get it up on my Facebook page, but you can look it up. And it's it's through the mists of time, but it's the for Mal, and it just says for Mal, and it's it's a you know it's some footage that you've seen before. 
But the way this this guy puts it together, it's just such a great well, fan. You, you thought it was an official video I thought it was official. when you first saw it. Well, and you know what? And as I, you know, every day when I'm kind of checking it out and stuff, I'll read the new comments and stuff, and I see where some people say, "Yo, man, they should make this the 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 just official go ahead and make it the make official, it the official video because it's such a great fan tribute. Some of the old footage, it's just, man, I told you. That, and there's one part of that video that I absolutely love. And it's when, I want to believe it's when the Stones were in Australia and Angus and Malcolm go up on stage with them. But you see Malcolm with, with Keith and he's watching Keith play and that smile on but his face. See, it's moments just, like that, man, moments uh, like that are what rock and roll is all about. Seriously. Yeah, you, man. you have two of the biggest rock and roll bands in the world on stage together in that footage. Right. And they're just having a blast. Right. That's the thing, man. Like, I... It, all the times that I, I've read stuff about people being able to be on stage with their heroes, it, it's just an amazing experience. And like you see that as a fan, like you can watch that and you know that somebody's geeking out by, right. by oh, being yeah. up there with them. Oh, for sure, man. So let's get back to sorry, Doris. So yeah, so well, I, no. we kind of got off there, but they, but that's that was be a better say, way for me to say that. But we kind of got off topic, <laughs> not off topic, but I kind of jumped list. Well, there. I was gonna say let me do one more all off right. my list, which right. will be my third one. And then I'm sure you'll have some stuff to say about this. And I actually mm-hmm. have an update about it as well, a small update. What do you got, bro? And then uh, we'll move on to a couple off yours because okay. the rest of my list can lead to a whole other conversation. Okay. okay. All right. All right. I like this. I like okay. this back and forth. Yeah. Go for it. What do okay. you got? Third on mine is I really want to see the stadium tour. Uh, I've been so excited ever since it was announced. You know, Motley Crue, Def Leppard, yep. Poison, Joan Jett. And, and and I've told you this before, you know, I never really got to see Def Leppard until what, two or three years ago at the shot. And dude, Def Leppard live is so much better to me than the records. I love the songs and I love the production on them, but there's something more raw and more rock and roll about Def Leppard live. And Joe Elliott killed yeah, it that night. I'm telling you, man, 15, to 15 years ago, maybe that wasn't the case. And Joe is just in his own right now, man. He totally, as you know, we've discussed this on this on this program before. He he took it down a notch, you know, took it yeah. down a what do the they say, octaves. a register or whatever. Yeah, yeah. A register. Yeah. yeah. And uh, it, it's 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 just it's been a game changer. It totally saved the game. And their live show is just Def Leppard just kicks ass, man. I'm just yeah. I was I was that one hurt, man. That was the one. Uh, not seeing Kiefer was on, on my. We're not going to. This isn't about what hurt. In 2020, this is about what we're positive about <laughs> so, in 2021. So yes, the, update, the update I have on what that, got, the latest, is, is you know it's on the news today. Um, you know Phil Collin from Def Leppard saying, "Hey, we're playing. This is going right. to happen this summer. It's supposed to kick off in June in Nashville. Right on. June's a great day for it." And he's just like, "Hey, everybody, just keep doing what you're doing. Let's do what we got to do to get this thing up and running." Because you know I don't want to be the downer side of things, but it's just like you said, man. It's like is as we see some of these guys pass, yeah. I mean, we don't want to lose anybody in those lineups before this tour kicks off. We're looking at you, Mick Mars. Yeah. So, you know what? Mick Mars will probably outlive everybody he's on like that the damn Keith, tour. He's the 80s he Keith is, Richards. man. He's the 80s Keith Richards. He's the <laughs> Keith Richards of the Sunset Strip. We don't quit worrying about Mick Mars. That's one thing I need to do in 2021. Don't worry about Mick. Mick's going to be just fine. 
So what else you got? Dorsey, do you want to jump over well, one? I was going to say what? a couple other people have the stadium tour in theirs yeah. as well. Doug Blessing, Brian Weisskettle. That's no, all good. Did you see what he said? He said something about thrills in the night gets played on the mighty cue. <laughs> we might we'll see what we can do about that. <laughs> I think we could we could try and make that that work out, man. Uh, you know, let me throw another one here at you, uh, Doris. And Paul Quinn, just a, a dear friend. And he says he's got a list of like a bunch of new albums and stuff that are going to be released in 2021 or projects that he's heard about. And he's talking about the new Alice Cooper. It's called Detroit Stories. Scheduled for release in February, Detroit Stories uh, will feature all original members of Alice Cooper, making the album effort, as he says, purely Detroit as it can be. How badass would that be? Oh, that's going to be good. And, uh, you know... Gosh, we're gonna get off on a thousand tangents. No, it's, man, just gonna, it. it's just, just gonna happen. It. Just do it. Just but do anyhow, it. give me a new beer before we get there, off. On there's this a new, new there's a new uh, rockumentary, if you will, that came out. Uh, it's called Rock Camp. Okay, Rock right. Camp the movie, and it's all about the rock and roll fantasy camps that uh, have been taking place here over the last, I think, about 25 years. Believe right. it or not, thanks, bro. And um, I, I I've watched a little bit of it. I need to finish the whole thing, but I watched at the beginning a really cool thing. Alice Cooper's on there, right? Mm. And he's like, you know, I, I, at the time when they recorded this, he's like, you know, I'm 60. He's like, you know, I'm 68 years old. You know, I saw this guy. He's like, I was on the airplane next to this guy. And he's fat and he's bald and his hair's all gray. And he just looks pale and he's in a suit. I was talking to him on the plane. And he's like, well, you know, I'm 50 years old. And Alice Cooper's like, Jesus. He's like, I'm 20 years older than this guy and he's like he's like i feel alice cooper says i feel like i'm 28 years old and he's like to see the stress that this dude has from his job and his way of life versus what alice has done he's like imagine if this guy had a rock band on the weekends he's like maybe his job wouldn't be so stressful because instead of worrying about whatever it is that's got him stressed he'd be more worried about figuring out the chords to gloria to play that weekend man i'm telling you but it, it as weathered as Al is, I mean, to, for him to, for Alice to say that about somebody, that guy must have been, <laughs> had to look guy, rough. Guy must have been a mess. Rough. Was that four for you, Doris, or? Um, let's see. Because we're saving that, ourselves that's, a beat. That's three. Okay. Okay. What else well, you got? Okay, but four is going to lead into five. Okay. okay? So let's okay. just do four, and then okay. we'll lead All into right, five. Fair enough, fair enough. Okay. One band out there that I really got into here over the last couple of years, and I have to say, the, the record that they the record that's out now, they're working on a new record, but the record that's out now is one of the most eclectic sounding records I've ever heard. You listen through the entire record from start to finish and you just can't believe it's the same band because it goes in so many different directions and it's good. What and and it's a band this? called Rival Sons. Oh, right okay? on. Yeah. Rival Sons, uh, they, they are in Nashville, I think now, RCA Studios down in Nashville, putting out a new record. And I'm really excited to check that out. And, you know, they were actually scheduled to play down at Bogarts in Cincinnati. And at the time, I didn't have plans to go see them. But if that gets rescheduled, I might make the trip down there to check that out. I'm a big fan of theirs. They did some cool stuff here over the pandemic. They did this really cool cover with, like, a like a lap guitar right. of uh, Foo Fighters Everlong. And, 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 you know, for you classic rock fans out there, you got to Google Rival Sons. Two things they did. Rival Sons' version of Wild Horses is just amazing. Oh, wow. And then also, they were the ones who were chosen to induct Black Sabbath into the Grammy Hall of Fame. So you can YouTube that, and there's a, a video of them playing War Pigs. I remember, I remember that. And it's that, yeah. damn good. They're a great band. And, I and you know, you and I have talked a lot, which, like I said, four is going to lead into five here. Oh, I know where we're going but, now. Um, there's a handful of bands out there right now 
you know, nothing against the, the rock bands that have been plunging ahead here over the last 10 to 15 years, but there's a handful of rock bands right now that's a new wave, a new breed of just straight, pure rock and roll. And, uh, you know, Rival Sons is one of those bands. And they, but and they've, they've even had... They've been I, around I, for a while. They've been around for, They're for a little They're just starting bit. to have a breakthrough, though. No, right on. And so if we want to talk about... Okay, so here we go. This will this will morph right into to, to our list, and this will get out of our, uh, our our get south of Eden out of our systems sure. here as we as we talk about our boys. Because um, if you're looking at, at at these new bands, I'm thinking, well, you said Rival Sons, but I'm gonna go Greta, Dirty Honey, and South of Eden as far as these these three young bands, and even Greta has kind of had a head start yeah. over, the, over those over the other, other two. two and sure. Dirty Honey probably over South of Eden as far as uh, getting out there and, and getting some exposure before everything kind of hit the fan. Uh, now, let's just talk about Greta real quick. The, these two songs that they've released over the pandemic have, it's, um, I mean, it shook me to my core. I think they are freaking phenomenal. I think it's some of the best music they've written. The album that they did whenever, and you would know better than I, uh, but the, the the previous their previous work, all right, not the not the uh, not the EP or not, not the, the songs, not not the from the fires, not from the fires and something, but but was uh, was weak. I, I thought it was kind. Of, I thought it was. Uh, I was very unimpressed with it. What I've heard out of these last two songs from them, Doris, I I gotta believe that these are. I mean, it's huge. I mean, the sound is is is. Big, and I think they have raised the bar. I really feel like they've raised the bar with these two releases that they've put out. Well, here's what I think, right? So they, they did the From the Fires EP, right? And it was an amazing EP, a lot of great songs on there. And uh, like you said, I, I think they jumped the gun too soon in trying to just put out the type of record that, you know, that they're experimental a little bit. It's like it's too soon to experiment when you haven't really solidified yourself yet. And uh, that was called Anthem of the Peace, Peaceful Army. Right. And it, right. Was, it had just, a lot of different things on it. It had a few good tunes, but it wasn't at the level of that EP. But fast forward to, like you said, the two these, singles they've released. These two songs released, that we've heard? Yeah, the two. That's, this is, it's, uh, it's scary good. My Way Soon was the first song that they released uh, and kind of dangled out there. And it is with almost a something off of Rubber Soul. It's almost like a John Lennon-type riff. I told you guys that as soon as I heard it. It's one of the best songs that they've done. And then this, uh, this most recent one is Age of Machine. And this is the one, and they put out this video. It's just absolutely Pink Floyd trippy. I mean, it's just... But the sound on this latest one, Age of Machine, Doris, it, it's... Like I said, man, it's this is a huge sound. I think this it's a game changer when you hear it. Well, I'm I'm excited to hear the rest of the record, and you know, it, the new record coming out is called "The Battle at Gardens Gate." Okay, and I know they were like on Colbert, and they and they played some of the songs off that. But you know, it's yeah, one of those that. things. There's such <laughs> there's such a. Uh, I was talking to somebody about this the other day. I was in a meeting, right, and I was saying, you know, there's such an appetite right now. There's so many people that are just are just ready. You know what I'm saying? I was in the same conversation. I'm like, you know what? This is the fewest. 2020 was the fewest amount of shows I had gone to since I was probably oh, 13 years old, I can't man. Even, yeah. I mean, as soon as I turned 14 and, and like was starting to get old enough that my parents would maybe go to a concert with me or you know get to start going to concerts, drop that, you guys off. Yeah, get they, dropped off. Yeah, they drop us off. We got dropped off. But uh, you know, this is the this past year is the fewest. 
And uh, you know what show it was? I saw one show here in uh, 2020. You know what that was? What was it? You were there. It's uh, you and I saw South of Eden at Flanagan's uh, on my birthday. Yeah. And, uh, you know, just enough to whet the appetite, but that's it, man. That's all we got in 2020. So, you know, I was kind of stroking Greta Van Fleet there. I think Dirty Honey uh, out in L.A., I think what they've released has been amazing. And they're working on a new record, too. I I love those guys, all right? So Greta, Dirty Honey. But, Dorsey, like you and I always say, when we talk about Greta or if we talk about Dirty Honey, they're not South of Eden. No, they're not South of Eden. (laughs) They're not South of Eden, ladies and and gentlemen. People can accuse you and I of just fanboying out, Mm. and and we're fine because you know what? At least we're not fanboying over a shit band. I mean, this band is for real, guys, and if you've not checked them out and you've not heard of them, do yourself a favor and and look up their, their latest EP. And, uh, you know, it, it, it's it's four songs that are amazing, but we know there's more. And uh, Arch and I, we had the opportunity going back. Right. You know, they, they have played their entire record for us. And we've heard some stuff that hasn't been put out yet. And I still think one of the best songs that I know they've done, the world has not heard yet. Yeah. And I am just chomping at the bit to hear it come out because I've only heard it one time. Right. And it I've been amazing. dying to hear it again. It was amazing. And, and, and here's the thing. From what I can gather and from what I hear from their camp <laughs> is that they've already written other they, – they've got other songs. They're ready to go. They have an album that you haven't even heard yet. And they've got an album or who knows how many more other songs that they have that, that they are writing or in the process And they're of evolving writing. too. And they're evolving that's, too. That's so, my whole point with Greta and you think, you know, label mates there. I'm telling you, man, here's the deal. Nick, all right, Tommy and Justin, top of the food chain at their position, right? Ehab is once in a generation talent. He's a genuine rock he's, star. He's once in a generation talent. And as far as that voice and the way he works with these other three and cats. And his writing. Uh, I, 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 it's, look, like you said. People are going to think we're fanboying out. That's fine and dandy. But I'm telling you, when this new rush moves in of rock, the, this this new era of rock, and, and I think people are going to be hungry. It might be timing out with everything. The way when the floodgates break, Dorse, I tell you what, that's that, that's the group I want to I want to huddle up with. I'm telling you, that's the group I want to put my chips in with because they are. They, We'll just see. We'll see how this all shakes out, ladies and gentlemen. But I, I think Dorsey and I are on the on the on, we'll be on the right side of history, Dorsey. <laughs> yes, we will when, be when it, when it comes to South of Eden. You watch, man. And so that moves us. And so South of Eden was one of mine. All right, I just want to see this takeoff. I just want to see it. I want to see it. I want to see it get going because these guys deserve it. And on top of all that, guess what? Yeah. Dorsey and I are fanboys to a certain extent, as far as we care about these guys. They're good dudes. Yeah, we and do. I want them to be successful. I want them to be successful. All right, new Megadeth album. All right, so many reasons why this is on my list, Dorsey. Uh, Dave Mustaine's health. Yeah, for sure. We, we talk about you know, all the people that we lost in the last year. Dave's battle with cancer, he won, and we have the godfather of thrash metal. He's still with us. He is creating some of his best music right now. Uh, the last album, Dystopia, was their best, I would say, since... Mid '90s, you know, I'm not one of those folks that's going to say it was the best since the Rust in Peace. It's not, but it's definitely the best since Euthanasia. So that was around '94. Mustaine and Elfson both have said that this album uh, feels very Rust and, and Countdown to Extinction, uh, Extinction era like. And, and I'll say this: this is this is the best lineup that they've had 
since the Rust in Peace era. So uh, Kiko and Dirk are amazing. And look, Marty Friedman and Nick Menza, there's nothing that... Dorsey, I'm telling you what, that Rust in Peace era for Megadeth might be the best heavy metal band ever. <laughs> that, that's, that's how good they were from a musician's standpoint. And, and when, when Elfson and Mustaine tell you that this reminds them of that era, it's the most progressive sounding metal they've done, that just, the, the hairs on my arm stand up. Because I know Dave Mustaine, no one writes a riff like Dave Mustaine. And I'm excited just to hear the new music. So we've also, so I have that. I have the ACDC, Through the Mists of Time, Doors. All right, I'm just going through my list. Um, next on my wish list, I'm not going to hold my breath, but I wish Chips Enough and Donnie V from Enough's Enough would do something together. And I've kind of, you know, I've been kind of quiet over, uh, about that over, over the last few years. I mean, I've had Chip on and stuff, and I don't, I try not to take sides and stuff. But uh, once again, we've been sitting out for a year, man. Look, I don't know if Donnie can actually... Chip's a road dog. Chip will go out and he can tour 366 days out of the year. I don't know if Donnie can do that anymore, but I just... What they had was so special, and I just want to see them on stage together well, again. Or maybe write something together again. I know they have kind of mended the fences a little bit, and I think they're going to re-release some of the catalog or something like that, so they both had to kind of sign off on that. So I think they have mended those fences a little bit, I hope. Well, that's important, man. And I throw this out there. As we've seen... The world of rock lose some heavyweights here mm -hmm. recently. You know, I, I read a story not too long ago about Michael Anthony never having the chance to make amends with Eddie, okay. and it's like that's a that's a shame. You know what I'm saying? And, and if you're if these guys that are out there, they see those things happen, and if they're in their own little spat with guys in their bands, I, I think they look at that. I, I think seeing things like that happen have changed a lot of these guys perceptions to be like is this beef really worth it right. you know i mean i god there's so many examples of that you know what i mean right. uh but looking back like you know you saw that we watched the youtube video of bobby blotzer you know right he knows that he's got some differences with those guys and he i think he admitted he was wrong about going and trying to tour with right, the right, rat name right, right but i i think whether whether or not they come out and say it but seeing stuff like this happen kind of changes the perspective a little bit. Like, really, is what we're fighting about really worth it? I mean, because like you said, when they're together as a group, they create something special. Right. And they can only do it with those people. You know, you can try to do it with other people and, you know, right. whatever. Enough's enough. The, the, the group that Chip has now live is a monster. It's great. I love it. I really, truly do. And I thought Donnie's last record was really, really good. Right. And and I've supported both. I've I've purchased either anything those two have put out. I have purchased over the last thirty years of my life plus. But I, I just I, I just want them to kind of settle it. Look, I, like I said, I don't know if Donnie can even tour anymore uh, on the regular. He's had he's had some health issues and stuff. But I would love to see them just create something again. And I would love to see if they would do a one or two or three off or play one of these. Uh, M3 festival, you know, you know, your whatever your hair metal festival is going to be, or wherever they can go. I would love to Rock see Oklahoma it. or something. I would love to see it. Hey, Bang Tango, they got everybody back together, and they were going to go down to Florida and play at that festival. So, you know, that was just going to be a one-off, from what I gathered. I mean, they hadn't really had anything else planned. There's no reason Chip and Donnie can't do that under the Enough's Enough name and do that. So, 
do you want me to go off on my uh, Van Halen, Michael Anthony riff? Because you brought up something that was, it's kind of touched the nerve. It's not on my list. Go for it. Well, here's the deal, man. Uh, what I want in 2021 is Sammy Hagar to shut up. Yeah. Okay. I want him to be quiet. All right. Go ahead. Is there something well, you want yeah, to say? Yeah, I, 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 wanna, I, I don't want to. No, enough I, time has look, passed that I can say this. Well, let me, let me bring this up real All quick right. because I did want to get your thoughts on this, and I'm sure it'll lead into mm-hmm. what you're about to mention. Uh, we had one of the comments on the Facebook page, Timothy Patton. You know, when he talked about his wish list for 2021, he said, you know, it'd be cool if they did some type of tribute show to honor Eddie Van Halen. Oh, totally Get agree. Dave, Sammy, and Gary Sharon to show up with, with special guests, guitar players playing Eddie's parts. That, uh, my question is, would you would you be down with that? Would you want to see that, you know, uh, some type of tribute show? Um, because I've seen some really cool tribute shows, and then I've seen the Chris Cornell tribute show. Right. So, uh, you know. Yes, yes. I, <laughs> they no, can go I, one of two ways. Oh, for sure. I don't want Miley Cyrus near this. Yeah. But no, I absolutely would. I, I mean, I would. And, dude, I'd, I'd love for Sammy and Dave and, and Gary to do something in honor Ed. See, that's the thing. That Here's my point. And this whole thing about I want Sammy to just shut up. Just shut up, man. Alex hasn't really said anything other than his one comment that he put out, you know? And Dave hasn't said anything. He put out his initial comment. Dave's painting, all right? But here's my question for you, Dorsey, and you brought up the Michael Anthony thing. Sam keeps saying that, oh, you know, we're, we were going to work on new material and stuff. Dude, shut up. All right, Dave hasn't said shit through this. He's been painting, and the only time he even painted about Sammy was after Sammy went on uh, the radio and, and talked and about him and bad, bad yeah. mouthed him, man. So here's my thing. Here's my question to all the all the redheads. So Sammy Hagar was talking to Eddie Van Halen, talking about doing new music, and Eddie and Michael never got to have peace together. So you're telling me you're you're Mike's you're Mike's best friend. You got Mike's back, but you're talking you're talking to Eddie this whole time and, and not even getting Eddie music, and Mike talking and not together. even getting Mike and Ed back together or working on and I'm not saying maybe Sam did but I'm just saying the way that the information is being presented in my eyes makes it makes them just shut up dude just shut up about it, right? I mean, I'm sorry to be a dick about it but well, does that not make a little bit of sense to you? Uh, you know, you know, everybody well, if you don't know, I am I am not a, a Sammy Hagar and Van Halen fan at all. I respect. Listen, right. I, I respect Sammy Hagar. I love Montrose stuff. I love solo Hagar stuff. Too, I hate. I, I absolutely hate Sammy Hagar <laughs> singing for Van Halen. It Folks, just I have nothing to do. It with just this. shouldn't happen. I have nothing. To no, do this with happened this. way before I met Archie. Exactly. Dude, I have nothing to, to do me, with this. I didn't even know Van Halen made an album after Sammy oh, joined a, a band. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I quit listening. I, I, I never even discovered anything. I'm like, why? Well, I don't want to hear that. But the point being. I've seen it even with when Ed was alive here over the last five years. Sadly, I think Sammy sees this as an opportunity to keep himself in the headlines. This is about Ed. This is about Eddie Van Halen, the greatest rock guitarist ever. This is about him. This should be about him, not about whether that's on you, man. If you if you weren't able to, but to you know make, what I mean, you know how the okay. Don't bring it, it up, man. This should dude, be. We should be celebrating hey, Eddie, it's not like, talking about you getting back with him. This Sam. may be a poor example, but it's like it's like giving money to the homeless guy. You just give money to homeless guy. You don't have to go around and tell everybody you gave money exactly. to the homeless guy. Give to charity. Don't, right. don't, we don't, you don't you know need to mean? tell us on Facebook. It's like, great, it's like, great, Sammy. You you and Eddie made amends. Right. You don't have cool. to tell everybody about it. Right. And if you ever got asked about it, you could be short and sweet. But like you said, he used it as an opportunity to get himself in the headlines. Well, all, yeah. you know. So And, and, you, me, and, and I'm going to throw this out there, and I'm going to accuse him of it. Who knows if it's true or not, but how coincidental. He's got a new Circle album to promote. Well... 
Look, man, if, if, if you and Ed, Sammy, were able to kind of mend fences and get everything taken care of, then you should have had your boys' mics back because and, 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 that was more important. Look, man, we all read Noel Monk's book. It was more important for, for, for Mike and him to have some closure, man. They did Mikey wrong. They did him bad. And, and that's the thing. I've, and that's one thing I've always defended with Sammy Hagar is how he took Mike. And he did give Mike a career after everything kind of hit the fan. You know, but he should have helped him out, man. If if he really was uh, reconnecting with with Ed, he sh- he should have helped Mike out as well. So I don't know. Damn, Doris, I didn't really want it. I'm sorry, well, man. Just, it just I'm happens. Well, I had you know? to get it off my chest. I mean, and look, I could be completely wrong, and maybe Sam did try and 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 get it done. But well, the, but, the okay, quotes but I read, it just it just looks bad. He, on my he's got no he's got no problem spilling the beans about everything else. Everything, so wouldn't, wouldn't man. he have mentioned that? Yeah. Wouldn't he have mentioned that, like, especially with the news coming out that Mike and Ed never reconciled? Wouldn't Sammy have come out and been like, well, hey, look, I, I, I most, tried. Right. Most you of know? Sammy's quotes have been trying to make Sammy feel good. All right. And trying to, he's trying to, he's trying, that's his own conscience, man. You know, and Dave hasn't said shit. But he never has apologized for the Congo lines. Oh, God. You hate those Congo I lines. Do. I know. Sorry. I know, dude. And, and Drunk Call, you might as well go ahead and skip about the last three minutes of this. <laughs> we should, I should, uh, if I re record the intro, I should probably put that in. A disclaimer. Hey, and look, and, and look. And speaking of drunk Carl, he's he's a cat that uh, is a big part, and, and and guys and gals like him are a big part of why this is my number five. Uh, something on my wish list for for 2021, and that is pre-concert broadcasts. It is my favorite thing to do in radio. QFM is legendary for their pre-concert parties and broadcasts. Uh, a lot of that has to do with the listeners, man, and the connection that we have with them. I think about all the legendary stuff that we've, that you know, that I've that I've witnessed, heard about. I mean, the, the greatest of all time was Joe Show. And when it comes to that live broadcast and that pre-show party, Dorsey, think about the good times we've had at the LC. Think about in our most recent years. You know, I'm thinking about the the pre-concert parties that we've had at the LC. Think about the R Bar, man. And Varsity and, Club too. And Varsity we had Club that Tom too. Petty. We had that Tom Petty we, Joe Walsh pre party, man. man. We had that there. And look, I would say in the last decade, that kiss pre party slash broadcast from the R bar. That was the biggest one. That was pretty epic, man. That was the biggest one. That was pretty epic. And anyway, I miss that. And I know you do too, man. And it's, well, just, it's just a lot of fun. I and mean, some of the people that are listening, if, if you are here in Central Ohio and, and, a, and a QFM 96 listener, and, and you know what I'm talking about. It's, it's, it's awesome. Well, there's certain things about QFM 96 here in Columbus that are absolute pillars of what the station was built upon. And one of those pillars is... It are those pre-concert broadcasts, and it's exactly for the reason that Archie said. It's because it's an opportunity for us to get with our listeners and, and hang out and do the same thing. I, I mean, know, dude, right? you know, Archie, it, or, look, you're you're the guy hanging out at the pre-party, having a beer, getting ready to see the band, and guess what? So is Archie, yeah, right. but he's got a microphone, and you know what I'm saying. But it's it's so great for us because getting to meet listeners is is what you know. Let me go back a little further. This Rock Camp movie, right? Yeah. One of the things, I guess, that came out through this Rock Camp movie is all these different guys that have done these camp counselors, you know, whether it's Paul Stanley or Gene Simmons or whoever it has been, they've said, look, doing this and teaching these 
people how to play and performing with them has reinvigorated, has lit, lit our fire yeah. and reminded us why we do this and why we love our fans so much. And this is our version of the rock camp. You know, seriously, setting up, cranking oh, the tunes, having a cold one, getting better. ready for a show and talking with everybody. Yeah. You know, that's what reinvigorates us. That's what lights our spark for coming in every day and doing what we do at the station. I miss my blue jackets and the live aspect of being at the, the arena. I miss going to the live shows and and going to the concerts and even in the, and going to the clubs and going to the bars and seeing my, my favorite local bands and, and whatever the case is. But I got to tell you, man, those pre-concert broadcasts, Dorsey, I, 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 th- I think I... I think I miss them the most, man. I really, truly do. We got a couple more here I want to read, Doris, before we uh, put a bow on this. Kevin Young. Now, we talked about uh, Doug Blessing, who's a Knight of the Rock table. We got the Lord of the Thighs here, Kevin Young from the Gypsy Kings. Uh, he says, A concert I want to attend, all of them. And he says, A band reunion, Knights of the Rock fucking table. And I totally agree with you there, Kev. Uh, Anthony Clay of Green 13. What did he put? Green 13. But I cannot wait to see that band. That they're one of my favorites. They're one of my favorites here in town, and uh, just and and Rick Martellino's in there now, man, on drums. That's gonna be awesome. Look, see, and I am repping. That wasn't something I just did for. No, Facebook. he really does have the Green Thirteen koozie on. I have my Green Thirteen koozie on. Doris, is there any other thing in here that I need to take a look at? I'm seeing we we talked to Paul Quinn. Oh, Missy Tong, our girl Missy, Rap Bastard Syndicate is working on new music. They never disappoint. Those guys could go play on any stage. Oh, they certainly rap can. and. Dude, how good is Jeff Tong? As much as, you know, and I'm a Theato guy, and I love Keith, and don't even get me started on Lenny, but, dude, like, I just recently kind of started, well, you know, it's been a year ago since we've seen live shows, but uh, Jeff Tong's a hell of a guitar player as far as uh, your local artists go, man. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his. Missy, tell him I said that. He's probably not going to Well, you know, Columbus, this. we're really a hidden gem. Aren't we? We got a lot of great Two live of the best local bands. Two guitarists are in rap. Oh, we have so many great live local bands that mm-hmm. we truly are spoiled. And, and that's one of those things, like being the city that we are, we probably are a little more under the radar than some of these other bigger cities. But our local music scene, you know, the people that get out and yeah. go see these bands, they know right, what we're man. talking about. But, you know, if you're one of these people that don't really get a chance to go out much, make maybe making an effort here once things get opened back up. Because here's another thing, man. These bars and these places, these venues that host all these things, <sighs> they need us. They need us bad. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So when things get up and running, get out, you know, uh, buy your beer. And when it's time to tip, tip <laughs> twice as much as you normal would. You right. know what I mean? Can't think of a, a better one to, to close on than, than that statement right there. Uh, Mike Dorsey, thank you so much. Uh, you. Remember, people can catch uh, Dorsey Sunday nights. And remember the Sabbath on QFM 96. Yeah, you know, when you talk about being under the radar, that's something I, I – it doesn't – we don't really promote it too much. But uh, those that know about it, know about it. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yeah. You do have a little it's, bit of a secret society going yeah, on man. Sunday nights. So man. we do remember the Sabbath every Sunday night at 7 o'clock, and we go, we go pretty deep on our Sabbath. <laughs> we, re- do, we really man. do. But you that's do. the way Sabbath fans want it. That's a great way to close right there. Thanks so much to QFM's Mike Dorsey, Rudy Sarzo, and to all of you for being a part of the Gimme 5 listener poll and also downloading this podcast. I appreciate you. Until the next Garage Days, stay frosty. (laughs) 